Welcome to KPC's weekly podcast, uh, Deeper Still, and it is April the 29th, but we are going to look back to two sermons ago because the whole staff was on vacation last week, so we didn't (laughs) deliver a podcast and we figured it was a good idea to follow up from the Easter podcast. So um, on Easter Sunday, we took a look at the uh, Road to Emmaus, the famous passage where Jesus has been crucified. It's been three days. And now two men are sharing a seven-mile walk home. And they're having a very heavy conversation about everything they've seen and heard. Um, They went to Jerusalem for some reason, but um, got swept up in everything that happened uh, from Palm Sunday to the arrest, the, the trial, the execution of Jesus. And their whole world is completely falling apart. Um... You know, they have uh, put their hope and faith in Jesus Christ. He's the one. They tell us as much in their in uh, the passage. You know, he was, was the one who was going to deliver us. He was our Savior. He was going to redeem Israel. But he's dead. He's gone. And it's been three days, which is uh, just a parenthetical note. That is, um, three days was the date, uh, that was the time frame in which... Some Jews believe that resurrection was possible, but here these guys are past that time, and they're walking home, and, you know, they're just really disappointed. They're devastated. Um, Everything's falling apart. So there we go. That's the passage. Um, So, Jane, anything to kick off with today? Uh, Yeah. um, Well, you know, you started the sermon talking about the emotional devastation that his disciples and followers would have felt, you know, um, in the days after the crucifixion, that um, just the hopelessness and the disappointment, like disappointment seems like a too (laughs) light of a word to use, but, you know, just that devastation, disappointment, hopelessness, um, of Jesus being crucified and and um so I don't know it just it could and because we live in the day and time that we you know we live in after Jesus is risen from the dead we know the end of the story we know um the end of our story too but there's still that um tension that we live with of disappointment and, uh, you know, just with everyday life and waiting for things. And um, so, I don't know, I just thought that might be interesting to talk about just how do we do that in light of, in light of Easter, in light of resurrection? Yeah. And, and I think just to be fair to these guys, they are, they're not on, they're not where we are. Um, because they don't have a resurrected Jesus when they start the walk. So for them, um, I don't even think they know who to be devastated with at this point. You know, they, like uh, they're, they're not devastated with God, maybe, because maybe Jesus is a con man. and You know, the, they don't know where, I think, to place their devastation. So for them, there's a confusion like, did God let us down? Was Jesus just some joker? 
Did we all get it wrong? But how could we have gotten it wrong in light of all those miracles? They're so turned around, but there is there is an element of, man, what, what happened here, God? You know, um, and just being really disappointed in God. Right. But yeah, so. But I do, I do think we can relate to that too, feeling disappointed with God and God. Um, I read an article, and and I, and I you read it also. Um, I shared it with you. Just you know that Father James Martin wrote about that. We live most of our lives in Holy Saturday, you know that. Um, I just it was a really I thought it was just such a great way to think about our lives, but that you know our li- Friday, the day Jesus would have been would it would have been such a day of pain and agony and. And then Sunday would have been just this incredible day of joy. You know, Jesus is raised from the dead. You know what? We can't believe that. So, and we have those moments in our life. We we have days and seasons and moments of great pain and agony and despair and grief in our lives. And we also have moments of intense joy and, and wonder and just excitement, but most of our life, most of our life is lived in Holy Saturday where we're waiting. We don't know what the outcome is going to be. We don't know what, what Jesus is going to do. Is he going to, is he going to raise from the dead? You know, is he going to, you know, were we confused? Did we misunderstand him? I've been waiting for this thing that I felt like he said was going to happen in my life and it's not happening. And so, but, and that's most of our life. That's what Father James Martin was saying. That's where we spend most of our lives. Yeah. Yeah. Waiting for a prayer to be answered. Waiting. Um, I think he mentions in the article, you know, waiting for the job, waiting to become pregnant, you know, waiting for our child to get it, you know, whatever it is, you know, waiting for people to change. And um, I think that's really true. I mean, that's the, I think that's a lot of the agony of the Psalms. You know, here is David waiting. Um, he's not dead yet. You know, Saul is pursuing him, um, but he's not king yet either. He's just caught in the middle. Um, and so, yeah, yeah, I think waiting does define a great deal of our lives. And how do we do that? Well, like, I'm just thinking about the the people in the story. And um, I think the women spent a lot of time at the tomb. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like they were there. The disciples were hiding out. Others were just leaving, like, you know, um, the two men on the road. You know, they were just going home. Let's get out of here. Let's go home. This is over. So they, you know, so so all these you have all these different characters that were, you you know, in that Saturday in a different place, I'm sure, emotionally, physically, mentally. But um, so how do how do we do that? You know, how do we? wait well? How do we wait without losing hope? Yeah, because waiting is so often very ugly. I I heard uh, someone was talking about the disciples the other day, and they said, you know, well, after the crucifixion of Jesus until Easter, Easter morning, they're together praying. And I'm like, no, nah, I think you got that wrong. I think that is after he's risen, he says, go and wait in Jerusalem. They're gathered together praying. I think these guys are having a pretty ugly, miserable wait during, you know, from the cross to the tomb. 
Um, and it's really hard to wait well. I think especially now, given our culture and our convenience. But human beings have never historically have not waited well. You know, whether it's the Israelites in Egypt, um, you know, everybody in that, that span between uh, cross and uh, empty tomb. But waiting is hard. You know, it's just so difficult. I mean, and how many times in waiting do we try and make something happen? You know, I think about that. That's what I do. You know, okay, well, I'm stuck waiting. There's got to be something I can do. Um, But when you're waiting on God, so often there isn't. Mm -hmm. And here are two friends, at least, on Emmaus. And I I like that they're sharing. You know, they're having a conversation, you know, they're at least together in the wait, which is which is good, but you can't minimize how difficult it is. Yeah, it's very difficult. Um, and I'm not. I'm. I mean, I, I really am not sure how to do it very well. I think I probably am like a lot of people in a season of waiting. Um, like I have days or even minutes, you know, where it's like. I'm good. I'm doing good. You know, I'm trusting Jesus. He's so good. He's good. And then, you know, the next, very next minute, you can be on, you know, face down on the floor, kicking and screaming or crying or, you know, seriously, (laughs) like it can be a moment by moment, uh, emotional roller coaster, spiritual roller coaster. You know, you get little glimpses of God is on the move and he is doing something, you know, a, a, a verse or a word of encouragement from someone or, you know, just some little glimmer of hope. And then you can have nothing for days. Yeah. And you feel like, God, you've really forgotten me here. Did you forget that I was waiting for this in my life? And Yeah, it's such an easy conclusion to come to in waiting that, you know, God's off doing something else, or He really has forgotten my situation. Um, but the, I mean, there are things we know from Scripture, and one is that God uses waiting to forge character, mm. um, to uh, to get us to trust, to look to Him. Um, and I'm like you; those tend to be glimpses and moments. I, I heard a guy named Derek one time, uh, Pastor Derek, and he just. He preached a beautiful concept, uh, kind of a uh, introduced a, a brilliant concept in the midst of waiting. And he said, you know, oftentimes one thing we can do that's so purposeful and incredible is while we're waiting for God to wait on God. Mm-hmm. And he was just making a, a plug for uh, a case for serving, you know, um, when you're waiting for God to move, just be faithful to serve him. Wait Wait on him while you're waiting for him. And um, I don't remember that as often as I should, but that comes back to me time and time again. Um, and right now, you know, we're in a situation where um, we're waiting on waiting for something. And um, the silence, this struck me today, the silence can be deafening mm. in waiting. And yet, I think so often it's easier to get still because of that silence. Like I, I, I real I noticed that today. Just golly, things feel so quiet on the plane of my life. There's no activity right now, but 
what a great moment to just be still and listen or um, just to read and reflect. So, you know, it's like that. there's a little built-in advantage, I think, there if we can not be frantic and get crazy and um, flip out. Right. Although in the Psalms, David does some of that, you yeah. know, as he's waiting for the Lord. I mean, he loads up and lets God have both barrels several yeah, times. Yeah, I don't And that seems really yeah, purposeful. Yeah, I don't think there's really necessarily wrong, anything wrong with with doing that, with with I mean I think I think it's 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 good <laughs> to let it out, let it, you know, just let it fly <laughs> with the Lord and, and um because he, he loves us no matter what. And I think that's how some of that stuff gets worked out of us. Yeah. That's how you know, like you were saying, it's it's it, you know, we are refined in the waiting. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, we can be or we cannot be. I mean, I think really a lot of times the choice is ours, you know, I think is how we respond right. to the waiting. Um, you know, and if we, if it makes us angry or bitter or hard, then obviously that's not going to be refining. But if we are honest with God and we do cry out and we do wait on him to, you know, in those really painful moments, I think that is the refining fire. It can be um, if we allow it to be. And I agree. Like one thing that I do like about the season that we're in right now is that we are very quiet. Yeah. Um, you know. When you're waiting for something, there's really not a lot to talk about, <laughs> you know, because you're just waiting. And, um, you know, so I think that we're, we're doing a lot more praying, a lot more just sitting and, and trying to listen and letting some of that old, um, our old ways maybe of doing things with, you know, anxiety creeping in or... Um, a frustration or uh, I, mean, I think what I struggle with so much with waiting is that I struggle with feeling like it's a waste. It's mm-hmm. a waste of time. Um, this is, you know, this is just a waste of time doing just in this in between, you know, living in this Holy Saturday. It just feels like a waste of time. And I know it's not, but it can feel that way. Yeah. I think to fear is another thing that, mm-hmm can happen in, you know, when we don't wait with God, but we treat it more like a hospital, you know, like we're waiting to see the doctor and we're just sitting there fidgeting and, um, fear is another real predator in that time. And, um, you know, one thing I'm discovering, I'm learning it with waiting is that, you know, when, when I get still with the Lord, I'll get glimpses of joy, you know, whether it's, the Holy Spirit saying, you know, I really am, I'm working something in you right now that I couldn't and I wouldn't work out any other way than waiting. And sometimes you get a little glimpse of that, like, wow, God, you know, I have grown in this area. Or even just that sense of, hey, I'm a rewarder of, of those who diligently seek me. So if you're waiting and you're seeking, I'm going to diligently reward you. Uh, you know, it's kind of like pregnancy. I've been thinking a lot about that lately. Um but, you know, pregnancy is, it. forget nine months, it's a 10-month wait. And, you know, it just seems, I, I remember the, uh, we've been through that a few times, but it seems like forever. Yeah. And yet, 
to be able to, you know, you think about the life of the child or the changes in you during that time, the anticipation. And I think we, we, we can do that every time with God when we wait. He is always working in us. You know, he's always working out his perfect will. Um, you know, he who began a good work, he really is faithful to complete it. There isn't a promise he's never kept that he's made. Mm. And in waiting to to just hold that before us, even if we say, God, I don't even know what, what is behind the door at the end of this way. I have no idea what you're going to do. But I know you're going to be there at the at the, You're going to be there. And um, it's going to be something great. It's going to be something better. Even if it's harder, it'll be better. Um, you're always upgrading, renewing. Um, you know, you're always resurrecting. So mm-hmm. those are a couple little things that I hold on to in times of waiting. Yeah. Yeah, that there's this, I think the sense of expectancy can be really can be good it can fill us with hope yeah um even if you don't know what like you were saying like with a pregnancy you know what's right <laughs> what the outcome is going to be hopefully um but yeah a lot of times when you're 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 waiting for something you don't know necessarily what the outcome is going to be um which really makes us put our hope not in the outcome, yeah, but in Jesus, which, you know, I just think about the, the his followers during that Holy Saturday and, you know, they had put their hope in him and then it just, it must have felt like he really let them down. And so what were they supposed to put their hope in? You know, now we know we can put our hope in Jesus. We know that he's... <laughs> we know that, you know, um, that he is trustworthy. Yeah, and I think, even if the outcome isn't what necessarily what we want, yeah, that, it, that our hope can't be in that. Yeah, because that's the irony with those two walking from from Emmaus is, you know, we know the outcome is unknown, so we put our hope in Jesus, and we're fine. But look at these two. You know, to them, they can't put their hope in Jesus because he's dead. So you're right when you say we can't begin to imagine the devastation. Um, These guys have got to be wrecked in a way that we'll never understand because we have Christ to put our hope in. Right. You know, Um, yeah, that's really good. One other thing that hit me, too, today um, when we were prepping is that— you know, devastation preceded resurrection for them. Mm-hmm. You know, they're devastated just before they discover he's resurrected. And, um, you know, devastation, I think, is a death of sorts. But I think in our lives so often, um, disappointment or devastation or death precedes resurrection. Mm-hmm. You know, before you come to life in Christ, you got to realize you're dead in sin. Ultimately, but I think so often many of our uh, resurrection moments are like that. You know, something, re- you know, comes to just knock off, knock us, knock us off our feet somehow. Um, and then, boom, there's life again. You know, God introduces once again, you know, that period of waiting. You know, it's just like a death watch, that wait. 
And then here he is and look what he's done. Look at who he is. Yeah. So, yeah. It just seems like there there is a spiritual dynamic there yeah. of death resurrection, you know, devastation, um, new life. Yeah. I think it's, gosh, it's, it's so worth it to remember that once a year. Hopefully it's more than that, but, you know, I love that about Easter, that it just reminds us right. that that's in play for us. I think one one thing I, I love, my probably my favorite part of the story, is um, when Jesus reveals himself to them, to the men, and, um, and, and, there's, and you pointed this out in your sermon, that he's basically recreating the Last Supper, mm-hmm. you know, and they're sitting down to eat a meal together, and then he, you know, lifts the veil, and they see, they realize who he is. And I love that, you know, it, it's communion. Yeah. You know, they they were communing with him. And I think that really is a big key to, for us, you know, in this, in the, when we are in a season of waiting, that, um, you know, we see who Jesus is when we are communing with him. Mm-hmm. And we're just, you know, like we're just with him. Which I think in this season that we have been in, just since we're talking about us a little bit more than normal, um, one thing that that getting quiet and getting still has allowed me to do is is just to commune with him, just to be with him. You know, I'm not even necessarily praying a lot of times or and I'm not reading the Bible, but I'm just sitting and being quiet. But I think... I just, I just love that, you know, that it was at communion. Well, you know, it was at the table. Yeah, and it's so cool because their eyes are open. Right. But the, I keep using the word irony today, but the irony is they've been with them all day long. That's mm-hmm. what's so funny is their eyes are opened and they realize, oh my gosh, he was with us. We've been talking to him all day long. And that is so true in the wait, you know, when we feel so alone, so isolated, so God, where are you right now? He's He's been here all along. And then we see him. And then so often we realize, yeah, you know, earlier today when I was asking this question, you were there. Um, you know, in that moment of encouragement I had, you were there. And uh, I just think it's so funny that they, they realize that it's him and then he disappears. And they run all the way to Jerusalem in the dark. I, that, that just cracks me up. You know, they're they're so overcome with joy, and they're so lit up with resurrection. And, and you know, the roads back then were treacherous in ancient Israel. Um, you know, not only because you didn't have paving machines, but, you know, you had robbers everywhere, and these guys just take off, you know, right. in a flash. And then they go to the disciples, and they say he's risen. And you kind of know from, from the greater context of all the Gospels together that the disciples still aren't buying it, you know. The women the women have seen, you know, that he's not there. They come back with the news. In other account, you know, uh, Mary sees him and comes back and says, I've just seen him. These two guys come crashing back in. He's alive. He's resurrected. He's risen. And you, you still have the disciples who are like, yeah, really? Okay. Great story. Thank you. Your delusion is appreciated you know, go back off to fantasy land. And, you know, whether it's Thomas who says, you know, unless I put my fingers in his side, mm-hmm. um, I touch the wounds, I'm not buying it. But I love that too about God that 
you know, though testimonies encourage one another, when one of us shares our story to another, we need to see Him. There's no substitute for Him. We need Him in the flesh to show up in our lives. And Jesus is good enough to do that for the disciples, for Thomas. I mean, He keeps on appearing to people during that time um, because to get good news about Him wasn't enough. They need Him, the good news. And he just keeps showing up. And I just mm-hmm. think that is, man, the greatest thing of all. I just, it's still who he is today. You know, yeah. he shows up. Mm-hmm. He's still here. He's still the risen Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, he is. And um, you know, I think what's what's cool about that is that he you know, really meets Thomas, you know, where he is with his doubts. And and I think he does the same for us. Yeah. Yeah. And I think Thomas so often just gets torn to shreds as this weak, soft, knuckle-headed Christian, but he's every one of us, you know? Absolutely. That's yeah. exactly who we are. Yeah, and Je- and Jesus just meets us there without judgment or Well, he Jesus is fine with it. Okay. Right. Here are my wounds. I don't know, contrary to popular legend, that Thomas stuck his finger in there and <laughs> felt around the vital organs of Jesus, but Jesus makes the offer like, Hey, whatever you need, man. I want you to know who I am. Yeah. It's mm. beautiful. And I and you know that that made all the waiting worthwhile. Oh my gosh. Can you imagine the joy? Yeah. You know, I mean, you see it in these two because they go, you know, they, they run a, a, just a little over a 10 (laughs) K in their, in their excitement. But yeah, just the, I think that's why Pentecost makes so much sense. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just all these people who are living in the afterglow of the resurrected Jesus and, and here's the Holy Spirit now to empower your life. It just, what a story. Yeah. I think it may, I think when you cast the persecution you know, when you look at the persecution in the book of Acts against the joy of the risen Christ and the joy and the empowering of the Holy Spirit, um, the book of Acts is not quite the sob story that we make it out to be with persecution, although it was horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, I just, this is a very different kind of community now because mm-hmm. he, he's risen. Yeah. Well, I think God uses waiting in our life obviously for a reason and I just think this story you know this the that holy Saturday is such a beautiful yeah um example of of how to wait and that that really is most of our lives is spent there and how are we going to do it you know we want to do it well if that's most of our lives (laughs) yeah we want to live there well with hope and and um and expectancy and not with not not in despair. Because there really is no reason for us to despair. There's absolutely none. That's right. And if you're out there right now and you're in a season of waiting with something, um, I'll encourage you with this too. I challenge you to look at anybody you would call a hero in Scripture. Maybe all of your heroes in Scripture. Every one of them had significant waits in their lives before great things. Whether it's Joseph... Wow, did Joseph wait a long time? Moses, so long. 
Paul from his period of blindness to being released. Mm-hmm. Um, any, any, everybody who is anybody in Scripture, they were forged in the fires of waiting, and um, we don't go very far without it. So, you know, hopefully that's a word of encouragement, just to lean into, lean into the season of wait, um, get still, serve God a little or a lot. Um, there, there are treasures in in your time of waiting. Um, you will, and I'll tell you this. If I'm wrong, you let me know. But uh, God just doesn't disappoint. He always, he he'll amaze you in the end. And we'd love to hear about it if you're out there and uh, you want to share a story. Get up with me. Let me let me hear how God uh, God moved in your weight. All right. Uh, okay. Join us again next week for a podcast. We'll shoot it, uh, film it, whatever we do on Monday. <laughs> Until then, God bless. And uh, hang in there. We love you.